Craig. I serve in the church nursery where I've been for a little over seven years since my family moved here from Florida, where I also served as a nursery coordinator there for several years. When I moved here, I wanted to get involved and do my part, so I chose the nursery for a couple of reasons. First, of course, I like babies, but second, because it allows me to serve with only a minimum time commitment because I have a busy job, so I don't have a lot of extra time, and I don't like to be in front of people. So if you're looking for somewhere to serve, you want to help with our mission, which is to serve the families so that they can sit in the sanctuary and focus on the message without worrying about their children or trying to keep them entertained, then the nursery could be a good place for you. If you want to get more information, see me or contact the church for more information. And of course, please pray that we will continue to have more families to serve with babies and that we will have more volunteers to do so. Thank you. Jennifer, if you're here, I don't know if you're here, it's not that bad. They're so cute, right? <laughs> right, Bailey? <laughs> um, okay, so Pastor's not here today, <laughs> as you can tell. He is, this is really cool, let me get this right. He is on Mount Jackson with the Pemajuwasset Search and Rescue, partaking in a full winter rescue scenario. You know that's like right up his alley. So we need to be praying that it doesn't turn into a real life rescue. Only scenario, okay? Oh. <laughs> I'm sure he'll tell you all about it next week when he comes back. When, and he'll also be doing part six of James. So in the meantime, you got me. Don't act sad. Come on. <laughs> lie to me. Well, don't lie. You're in church. All right. We're going to be talking about finding favor. Not that favor is lost some way. Maybe like we, we've fell out of favor with God or we got to earn it back, but that sometimes when we're going through those hardships and those difficulties in life, that it's hard to realize God's favor. It's hard to see it. We wonder why, God, is this happening to me? Where are you in the middle of the storm? It causes us sometimes to doubt, is he even near me or is he distant? Is he far off? And when we read about favor online, I was looking um, for the definition. In the dictionary, it says that favor is a kind of helpful act that you do for someone approval support <clears throat> popularity preference for one group person or group preferential treatment you guys know what that means like show given doing a favor for somebody or you favor them this particular person or group and I would say that you know what the same is true for God's favor <clears throat> towards his children towards us and we see that a lot in our lives, don't we? We see God's favor and him showing up in ways that only God can in so many different circumstances and instances. All of us have probably some stories where we're like, oh man, that was totally God. That was totally God working some stuff out. We've been talking about this a lot at um, here at the church. Amber, Rainey, I think Darlene's been talking. We've been talking about how, oh man, that was so God. And you guys probably know what I'm talking about. Maybe even that happened this morning or this week, this past week where God has shown up. Sometimes we see that in things like the promotion at work. We got a new promotion. We got a new job. Or God has intervened some way, working out some circumstances. A woman called this past week Friday, and she, she said this very thing. She said, it was, remember when we had that rain? I don't know. There was like, I don't know, a lot of rain. I don't know if it was Tuesday or Wednesday. But she was out on the road, and her car broke down in the rain all by herself. And then here comes somebody 
um, saying, hey, you know what, I'll get you a tow truck. I got AAA, whatever, and he, and he towed her car for her to the shop. Even that worked out. Even the insurance worked out where she got a rental, and she was like, you know what? She goes, normally I would have been frantic. Normally I would have been coming like unglued or whatever, she said, but I just, I was like, God, this is God. God is doing this. God is working it out, and she had that peace about it, and she was able to say that, and I'm like, God is so good. Even his favor showed up to give me that testimony so I could share it with you today. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's so awesome. And we also see, <clears throat> wait, I gotta say this. I have it on the side in a little note because I, I took it out. I don't know why, but I need to talk about my husband sometimes. <laughs> God's favor, it's all about the parking spot, right, hun? <laughs> I'm telling you. Like that man will circle the parking lot to find the one up front. And I'm like, you know what? I could have been in, out, back home, cooked dinner by now. If you just parked in the back, plus I need the exercise. <laughs> but that's all right. You know why? Because he expects God to give him the good stuff. You know, it's coming, huh? Breakthrough is coming for you. <laughs> and he's like, dear Lord, if you favor me, shut my woman up about the parking spot. Right? <laughs> Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> He's such a good man. The favor of God surrounds me. <laughs> He's such a good man. So, all right. Also, we, we see God's favor and answers to prayer. My daughter called my youngest. She called, uh, or she didn't call, she texts. That's what they do. You know, they text. Sometimes the oldest one will call. The youngest one usually texts me. And she said, guess what, Mom? She said, I've been praying for an opportunity, this specific opportunity. And I just asked God if he can make it happen. And she said, five minutes later, I, I checked my email. And sure enough, this woman asked me um, if I would be interested in this very specific thing I was asking for. She goes, Mom, that was God. And I was like, yes, it was. That was totally God. <clears throat> the favor of God includes but is not limited to him making a way when there is no other way. Orchestrating stuff to happen on our behalf for our benefit. Him stepping into our circumstances, his protection, his provision, his kindness, his mercy, his life, his life given to us, his breath. Um, there's, you guys must know her Genesis. You've seen her. Um, I, I, I'm going to use a, um, I guess an example from her. And I asked her if it was all right, but even if I did not she's a lot shorter than me and I could take her. <laughs> I see her out there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She said I could use this, but I love this one because so she's part-time staff here and she helps out with kids zone and youth group and helping Amber on the lights cafe. She's getting her hands in, in, in everything. And it's awesome because she's young and she's got the energy. So it's like, come on, let's do this. And so and she prays and we pray together. We get the opportunity as a staff to pray together. I get to pray with her a lot. And the last few times I, I noticed how she starts out her prayer. And I don't know that if she does it every time or I just didn't pay attention, but this had caused me to pause. And she says this, she says, thank you, God, for waking us up this morning. Thank you, God, for waking us up this morning. I'm like, man, you know what? None of my other petitions even really matter bringing before the Lord. Like, God, give me wisdom. Help my brother and sister going through this circumstance. Even that doesn't even matter. Even praising him and thanking him if he had not given me breath this morning, right? The fact that you are sitting here in this chair and you got up, and even if you're barely hanging on, the fact that you're breathing, that's God's favor surrounding you this morning, right? Praise the Lord. I see you, Genesis. That's all right. I think she can actually take me. She's tough. <laughs> when I was four years old, um, so I'm going to go back a little bit. I, I lived in, 
I lived in Poway. I lived in Chula Vista, California, but my mom and I went to my grandparents in Poway, California. It's about an hour away, and we were there. We're getting back on the road to go back home, though. And um, it, my mom's car was really, really cold. The heat wasn't working, and so she. She told me this. She said she wraps me up in a blanket, and I had like some kind of onesie jammy thing on, and she wrapped me up the, in the blanket and laid me in the back seat. Probably not with the seatbelt on, because that's not how we rolled back then, right? <laughs> and I'm still here. But when she laid me down in the back seat and um, and wrapped that blanket around me, and because I was cold, but then all of a sudden it just started to pour down rain. And where we were in Poway at that time, it wasn't really built up or a lot of lights. Um, during that time and a lot of mountains around us and the rain just came down and the flooding kind of started on that street and and so she she said I couldn't see anything in front of me I couldn't see anything on the side of me and she said I couldn't pull over and she goes I, I couldn't see anything we know how that goes here in New England right I mean you know we, we don't really feel too sorry for people who complain about that in California but whatever <laughs> and, she, and it was cold and it was cold to us back then and she said all of a sudden she sees brake lights in front of her go on and she was trying to stop without slamming on her brakes so she wouldn't hit them or hydroplane. And she said all of a sudden, it was as if the car just stopped. Gently, calmly, slowly. And she said she noticed the cars behind her. Same thing. Because she could see that their lights were behind them, behind her. And she said, and instantly the car got warm. <laughs> got warm, even hot. And, I, and, I, and you know what I did as a little four-year-old? I sat up and I said, that was God, huh, Mama? <laughs> and she said, yes, it was. It was God. And she said, when you said that, she goes, I got this picture of God cupping us in his hands, our car, and keeping us. And I loved it. I loved her telling me that because I was like, yeah, he's holding us in the palm of his hands. I don't know what you're going through today, what your storm is, what your circumstances, but his favor surrounds you. And even though you don't feel it, He's keeping you in the palm of his hands. He's keeping you through the storm. I love God's favor in this, in this story, too, because it wasn't that he just stopped us, but he warmed us up, too. <laughs> That's how God's favor is. It's more. A lot of times when we think of man's favor or the favor of man, approval of man, success in the way the world sees it, we're, we're aiming down here, right? But God's favor is up here. It could include that, but we don't aim here. We aim here because that's how big our God is. It's always more. That was awesome. This, so God's favor surrounds you today. I hope you know that. If it wasn't, the storms of life, those battles, those things that you're facing would have already taken you out. You are not defeated. Whatever you're going through, I don't know. I don't know what you're facing, and I'm not going to minimize it, but you are not defeated. You are victorious. His favor surrounds you. One of my very favorite verses of all time. I love it. Psalms 512. For it is you who blesses the righteous man, O Lord. You surround him with favor as a shield. Can you get a picture of that right now? His favor surrounding you with a shield. That word favor in, in um, Hebrew is ratzen. And it means goodwill. It means acceptance. It means his desires for you. His acceptance of you. His purposes for your life, even. That's his favor. And we can see like a shield around us, right? It surrounds us as a shield. That word is the word atar. And it means, it means closing in on you. Like, and it also, another word that, um, that is atar or atar is um, crown. So imagine 
a crown circling you. His favor is circling you. It encompasses you. I think about this. When we, we watch cop shows, Steve and I have been watching this cop show, um, and you, you hear it. You, they're, they're, they're speaking to the criminal in the house, and they're like, come out with your hands up. We have you surrounded, right? <laughs> there is, in other words, there is no escaping. We are circled around you. But see, with God's favor, it's not just, there's no holes. It, it's, it's encompassing you. It, it keeps on circling you. <laughs> so his favor encompasses you, and it continues to circle around you. There are no holes. There's no breaks in it. There's no escaping it. It's closing in on you. As a matter of fact, it's chasing you down today. It's chasing you down. When I think about people who are favored, I think about a lot of people in the Bible, like different um, people in, in throughout the Bible, whether God had told them they were favored or we just see through their life how his hand was on their life, that they were favored. Noah found favor with God. We read about that in Noah's, I mean, sorry, Noah 6-8, Genesis 6-8, his life and his family's life was spared from the flood. That's the favor of God. He found favor with God. Joseph was, was we, didn't, we see that his favor, God's hand was on his life. He went from the pit to the palace, from being a prisoner to prime minister. Now, that's the favor of God. Now, it wasn't always easy, but God was with him in the storm, and he brought him to some elevated place because that's, again, big. That's God's favor. Esther, instead of death, Esther found favor from her husband. Now, she came uninvited to her husband, who was the king, and could have been killed, but instead found favor, found mercy, found, found grace. And that's because God's favor surrounded her. Mary was, was said by the angel to be highly favored. Oh, highly favored one. Oh, favored one. Chosen to be the mother of our Lord Jesus. All of these examples are of people who belonged to God. They were seen as righteous because they put their trust in the Lord. And they were receptive to his grace, even when it wasn't easy. Even when it wasn't easy. You, all of you who put your trust in the Lord, you are surrounded by the favor of God today. You are in right standing with God because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. And we read in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For our sake he made him to be to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Romans 3.22 says that righteousness comes by believing and trusting in the Lord, having faith in Jesus Christ, to which there is no distinction. In other words, like everybody who puts their faith in Jesus is righteous, is made right. Everybody. doesn't matter if you're young, you're old. doesn't matter if you're, if you're a girl, a boy. doesn't matter. All people who put their faith in Jesus have that favor now because they are made in right standing with God. But sometimes we just don't see it. We don't see the favor. We don't feel it. It doesn't feel good right now. And so what do we do when we're in the middle of the storm? There's some things that we can do to kind of more realize his favor in our lives. And number one is this. Well, first of all, <clears throat> we need to not rely on feelings. We can't rely on feelings. I don't feel good right now. I don't feel like God is blessing me. I feel like he's distant and he's not hearing my cry. I feel, but that's not the truth. That's not what the word of God says. That's not, that's not who he is for you. That's not his favor. His favor says, I am there for you and I haven't left you. I, I'm going to add this. And uh, um, I was thinking about this. When I was thinking about how 
We can't rely on our feelings. I, I was thinking about this song from Van Halen. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to say it. <laughs> I'm not going to say the title of the song. But David Lee Roth says, I don't feel tardy. <laughs> Some of you know. No? Come on, you don't know it? <laughs> he says, I don't feel tardy. Do you know, Eli? Uh, you know, okay. <laughs> I'm like, listen, Mr. Roth, you may not feel tardy, but you like way over tardy because you are keeping your eyes on things that you shouldn't like the teacher right now is it coming back to you <laughs> all right all right whatever i don't feel tardy you tardy i don't feel favored you're favored all right that was my example sorry don't shoot me <laughs> we in church <laughs> so i think there's probably worse examples i can use when it comes to music but anyway <laughs> it wasn't the best all right Number one, what we need to do when we're in the middle of a storm, when we're going through a struggle and a battle, is we need to fix our eyes on Jesus, not the storm. Peter was doing pretty good in the middle of the storm. He was walking on the water until he took his eyes off of Jesus, right? We know that story. I'm going to back up a little bit. After Jesus feeds the 5,000, he, he goes off to pray. To, with his dad, with his father. He goes off to the mountain to pray. He wanted to do that before, but then he got interrupted and he had compassion and mercy. So now it's time I'm going to go pray with to my father. You guys are going to get in the boat and I'll meet you on the other side, is what he's saying. A storm broke out and the disciples were in the boat and they were in the middle of it. And then all of a sudden, they see what appears to be a ghost walking toward them in the middle of the storm on the water. Jesus tells them, don't be afraid, it's me, it's Jesus. And this is when Peter decides to get out of the boat. And this is where we're going to pick up here. Matthew 14, 28 through 32. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Remember those three words, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. I love this. I love this. Jesus said, come. Jesus is like, Peter, you're going to have to go through some storms because on the other side of it, I got some purposes for you. I have some plans for you. You're going to have to get out of the boat and walk. And I'm saying, come. He does the same thing to you and I. He says, get out of the boat. Come, live your life. Live. He calls us to live. He calls us to come because he's got some stuff for you and I. Not free of the storm, but in the midst of it, in spite of it. Live your life because he's not done with you yet. Nothing's impossible, by the way, for God. We just sang that. Nothing is impossible. There will be times when we take our eyes off Jesus and we're going to sink. We get our eyes off of him and get our eyes on all the chaos going around us. What the doctors say. What, what well-meaning or not well-meaning people say. What our own inside chatter says. And we get our eyes off of Jesus and we begin to sink because we get afraid. Sometimes fear threatens to take hold and drag us under. But remember those three words. Lord, save me. And bam, there he is pulling you out immediately is what the Bible says. Maybe you're thinking, you know what, I cry out to him all the time. And I'm still waiting for my good day. I'm still waiting to feel like I'm on that mountaintop where I see how his favor is working in my life. 
are still going through the battle. And I want to remind you that it's his favor that is keeping you in the middle of the storm. If it wasn't for his favor, it would have taken us out. Your day is coming. That mountaintop, that's coming. Favor is breaking through the storm and pulling you out. It's coming. It, you know what? It's surrounding you and it's keeping you. You need only to fix your eyes on Jesus and trust him. Trust him. You know what? We don't know how things are going to turn out a lot of times. I don't know, again, what you're going through. And we don't know how it's going to end. And we wonder, and that plagues us, that torments us. But you know what we can do? It's like, we could say this, like, no matter what, how I feel, no matter what the answer is or the outcome is, I'm going to put my trust in you. I will trust you, and I will speak that out. I will trust you. I will keep my eyes on you, Lord. This is my daughter's favorite verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Trust in him. We don't know all that. We don't have all the answers. And, and even when we go through some stuff, and, and maybe some have gone through some stuff as a child, and it's just been like, why did that happen? Trust him that he was in it, and that he's with you, and he hasn't left you, and he still has life for you to live. Trust him. You know what? We need to, we need to hold our head high as children of God. You are children of God when you put your trust in the Lord. You need to walk with your head high, not low. And you need to look to where your help comes from. Psalm 121, 1 through 3. I lift my eyes up to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He is not distant. He hasn't removed his hand of favor from your life. He loves you. And his favor surrounds you. So number two, first we fix our eyes on Jesus, not the storm. Number two, we speak to the storm. Speak to it. We need to open up our mouths. Listen, we're not to hunker down and let that thing just pass us by. We need to get on out of that boat, right? We haven't given authority. We have to open up our mouths and speak to the storm and use that authority. In order to do that, though, we need to remember who we are and who we belong to. You are a child of God, seated in heavenly places with our Lord. You are the head and not the tail. You are more than a conqueror. You belong to the one who conquered it all. So therefore, you are not defeated. You are favored. You are victorious. It may not feel like it, but we don't bank on our feelings. We bank on something way more substantial, steadfast, and solid than our feelings. We put our trust in God. And we fix our eyes on him. And we open up our mouths and we speak that out. When we know who we are and who we belong to, we believe it in here. We believe it in here. And it comes out of here. Remember, I think we've been talking about that in James. You know, what's stored up in here is going to come out of our mouth. When we spend time with the Lord, when, we, when, it, when we're in his word and we hear his voice over the voice of everybody else or the noise, then that stuff gets in here and here and it comes out of our mouth. And we speak to the storm. You will not take me out. I am favored. This is temporary. My good day is coming. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Speak that out. <laughs> Speak that out. Do you believe that today? 
<laughs> Crickets. <laughs> so the disciples were in another storm. But this time Jesus was in the boat with them. And we're going to read about that. Mark 4, 37 through 39. And a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. I love, Rainy pointed this out to me today. She's like, was it the storm that was calm, or was it the people? I think it was both. <laughs> She's like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> Peace, be still. That word peace is the word in Greek, siopeo, and it means silence. Silence. Be still. That's, that's like it. It's simo-o. Simo-o. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and that also means to put to silence, but I love this part. It means to put a muzzle on it. <laughs> you know you want to tell people that sometimes. Just bimeo, whatever. <laughs> put a muzzle on it. <laughs> Don't do that. That's not showing the love of Jesus. <laughs> Whether it be the enemy's lies or our own inside chatter, again, that bad report, whatever it is, the chaos going on, peace be still. Put a muzzle on it because the only voice I want to hear right now is his, right? I love that Jesus was asleep in the storm. For one thing, I think it shows us his humanity then, 100% God, 100% man. He was tired. <laughs> but how many of us are weary and tired and there ain't no way we're sleeping in a storm, Right? Instead, we're up worrying, doing God's job, right? Trying to. He was asleep in the storm. And we need to get quiet, and we need to be at that place of rest when we're going, when the battle's on, when the struggle's on. We need to be able, at all costs, to get away and get quiet with God. And it's hard to do when there's so much chaos and turmoil going on around us. But, man, we need to fight that, and we need to get quiet with him. Because... This is where we're going to discern his voice over the voice of the enemy, over our own voice, and over, again, doctor's reports or, or what the news is saying. This is where we're going to get quiet with him. And not, not only are we going to be able to discern his voice, but we're going to remember who we are and who he is. This is how we need to get back there. We need to, be, we need to follow Jesus' example and be at rest. Silence that storm. We also need to remember that he is still in control. God is in control. I love that Jesus was in the stern. That's the rear of the boat. Listen, God's got your back in the storm, right? He was in the rear. I love that. And you know what? In the rear, that's where, where, where the, the control, the steering of the boat is, right? He, he is steering. He is steering. He is in control. He is directing and guiding you through, through the hardships, through the good times. He's got you. Nothing is impossible for him. And he wasn't worried, was he? Peace be still. Speak to the storm. Listen, not only that, not only declare the promises of God that, uh, in, from the word and speak that out, but also praise him. Praise him when you don't feel like praising him. Right? Use your mouth. Open up your mouth and sing his praises. Nothing will make those storm clouds dissipate more than when we open up our mouth and sing praises to the Lord. You guys know that's true. Uh, this happened to me just recently. I was struggling with um, just feeling heavy one day. I, I sometimes battle with that. You know, a lot of us do. I mean, you could call it depression, whatever you want, but I was feeling it that day. I also want to just say this, that sometimes 
those storms that come against us, that, that is the attack of the enemy. Because you know why? Because we're about to enter into a new level of favor and purpose for God. Could have been that. Also, just kind of take an inventory on where you're at. Pastor had told me this one time. He's like, sometimes we just, maybe we're just, we're fighting a virus or we're, we're, we're tired, you know, and sometimes we're, so we're more susceptible. And because of that, we need to even more so get with God and get quiet with God, right? <coughs> so anyway, I was feeling heavy. And I was, I was, you know what? I was going by my feelings. I was being led by those instead of led by his spirit and truth. And I was going with that, and I was, I was just, I was having a hard time. And I realized, I knew that this was, was not right, and that I needed to get back to that place where I remembered who I was and who he is in my life. And so I, I came in early to work one day to, to, to come in here and pray. And it is so, it's so great to be able to do that. <laughs> you know, so I came in here and prayed, and I, you know, I, I did. I, I petitioned him. I, I, I had just asked him to help me, but I you know, prayed over my family, prayed over the ministries here, youth group, kids zone, even the missionaries back there. But mostly I started to praise him and thank him and, and call out those things that he, he said I am. I am a child of God, and I am favored. And I got to tell you, I, I promise you, it's like almost instantly that heaviness started to lift. And I, I started to walk with my head high. And, and I had met with Genesis later on, I think it was that day, and we were planning for youth group. And I had asked her like a week later, I said, I said, um, what are you excited about? And she said, well, you know, I got excited about when we were sitting down and planning for, for youth group for the three months. She goes, I felt very productive. And she goes, and it, it just felt different. And I was like, girl, you don't even know. <laughs> me and God had a meeting. But, and I, do, I don't say that as if it's on me. That was God. That was all God. But also, because when we are surrounded with favor, other people are impacted, <laughs> right? And when we walk in that favor, they're impacted. And when we're down, they feel that too. I know Rainy tells me, like, are you okay? Are you having a bad day? Because I wear it on my sleeve, she says. They say, this is what I've, I've been told a lot. And so, man, I don't want to be that. I want to be the one that brings in that victory. I want to carry that victory so other people can feel that too. Because I don't know what you're going through. But maybe I'm just making your day worse. And, I, and when it comes down to it, I, I have promises. I have blessing. I have favor. So there's no reason for me to have, be walking around like this or hold my head high. And you too. I started to feel it and I started to claim it. Remembered who I was and who he is. We need to do that. And number three, we need to understand that God is still there in the storm. I have this verse written down here. It's, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua 1.9. I got another one that I wrote down. Romans 8, 38 through 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor, nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. He is with you in the storm. We need to also understand the storm. We need to understand that storms will come. That is part of life. We read about that in John 16:33 where Jesus said, "I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world." Praise the Lord. He is our overcomer because of that so are we. 
persecution, affliction, distress. That word tribulation, that's what that, that means. Confined in a narrow, narrow space. Like, like that trouble is closing in on you. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Right? Take heart, he says. That means have confidence. Have courage. Boldness. Use that authority and speak some stuff to the, to the storm. Speak some stuff. Speak his favor over that. Speak his favor over your family. Christ has overcome the world, and favor is breaking through for you. Your breakthrough's coming. I know you've been holding on, some of you, for a long time, but he's with you, and he hasn't left you, and it's coming. There are some purposes for the storm, and I'm just going to go over them real quick. One, the storm helps us to leave behind the debris. I heard a preacher say that when chased into the storm or whatever it was that chased you in the storm will not be following you out. Addiction, bad habits, bad thinking, bad thoughts, whatever, enemies, lies, that stuff's going to stay behind. That thing that tried to keep, that's trying to keep you from the favor of God or, or his purposes, that stuff's going to stay behind in the storm. Sometimes I walk through my woods in the back and behind my house and I notice all the downed trees all over the place. You know, the wind came through or a storm came through and all these trees are laying down. It's kind of sad when you look at it, but if you look past it, you'll notice new saplings growing up. You'll notice that the trees rem that remain have more room to spread out and be healthy. And that's the same for you and I. We need to leave that stuff behind so we can be more healthy and that we can spread our wings and fly and that we can move on to the things that God has for us. And another reason for the storm is because of that new growth, like that sapling. New growth, but new levels of favor also, right? We are stronger for having gone through the things that we have gone. Let's face it, we're not going to learn, um, we're not going to learn what we can learn in, in a storm on a mountaintop. We're not going to learn when we're going through some good times, we're not going to learn what we would learn when we're going through some hard times, right? Because we're dependent more on the Lord. He's refining us so the debris is getting left behind. The storms serve a purpose. We're, we're studying this verse downstairs Sunday, isn't it? Uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. We get strong in the storm because we're dependent on him. We, we, we mature in ways that we wouldn't if we're on the mountaintop or the skies are blue and the sun is shining. The storm serves a purpose. And we are promoted into new <coughs> levels of favor. A lot of times when we're on the other side of something that just went down that was bad, we could look back and we can see how God, his hand was through the whole thing. We don't always see it when we're in the middle of it, but on the other side of it, we see that. And that's important because another purpose of the storm is to be able to pass that favor on to other people, to share our testimonies of God's goodness to carry on his victory, to pass it on, because guess what? People are going through some stuff, and they need to hear how you are on the other side of it or how you're in the middle of it, but you're trusting God, because they need that too. Otherwise, they're not going to know, and otherwise the storm may very well take them out. We see it all the time. I believe that those people I mentioned earlier from the Bible also found favor with God, in part because they were willing on not just to hold it to themselves, but to pass it on. 
We need to be witnesses of that favor that surrounds us, like a life force. We're walking everywhere we go, and, and we're surrounded with favor. And not only Christians, but those who aren't unbelievers as well. And when, we, when they come into contact with us, when we, we, our lives, our favor will impact their lives. They are benefited because we are, they're near a child who is favored by God. It's like that life force all around you. If that's not reason to hold our head up, I don't know what. Because everywhere you go, you are favored. He has not left you, and favor's breaking through. Your good day is coming. <laughs> I'm going to go back to this verse. For it is you who blesses the righteous man, O Lord. You surround him with favor as a shield. When David wrote these words, he was going through some stuff. You know, he probably wasn't always feeling favored. He didn't feel good. But he fixed his eyes on the Lord. He spoke of his goodness. And he knew God's purposes for him would come to fruition. They would come to pass because God is faithful and God is good. And because God's favor surrounds him as a shield. There has never been a greater show of favor towards us or ever will be than when God sent his son to die on the cross for you and me. That grace is undeserved favor that saved us from a life separated from God forever. Jesus stepping in, down into our circumstances that was hopeless and bleak, made a way when there was no way, giving us all who he is and showing us his favor. It's that favor that causes us to rejoice on the mountaintop when the blue skies are all around, when all is well. And it's that favor that keeps us cupped in his hands in the midst of the storm. And it's that same favor that will bring us home to be with Jesus one day forever. No more struggle, no more storms. Oh, that day. In the meantime, hold your head up because he's got you. His favor surrounds you and favor is breaking through. What I'd like us to do right now is I'd like us to take some time to come to the altar. We're going to sing a song. It's called Champion by Maverick City. I want you to be able to come to the altar and get quiet with the Lord if you want. I also want you to be able to declare his praises and his favor over your circumstances and your families if you want to. We won't, get, we won't be dismissed till after. I'll close in prayer after the song. But I want us to just take this time to really press into him and really, really again, proclaim his praises. All right. You guys ready? <laughs> Here we go.